Huddle Up podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? Hey, everyone in, let's go! Huddle up on three! One, two, three! Huddle Huddle up. up! No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Dropping eight. Lele steps up, no. loads and throws. It's caught. It's pitched backwards, up in the air. It's on the ground, still in Clemson's hands. And now it is down. It is over. And the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. Fans on their feet. Rally towels are being waved. Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. Eller for the draw. And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. And now, welcome everyone to the Huddle Up Podcast. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Huddle Up Podcast. We are live on Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel, and we're glad to be back with you again this week on a Tuesday night talking sports here for an hour or so, whatever whatever time uh, it takes us to get through the program. It is December the 14th, 2020. We have tons to talk about, including a Trojan travesty, closing in on answers and best of the best. But first, make sure you are following us on social media Facebook and Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast, as well as on Instagram at Huddle Up Pod. Uh, you can subscribe to the show on all podcast platforms, uh, as well as uh, Spotify, Amazon Music. Make sure you subscribe to the show on YouTube as well, uh, where our shows do air um, each and every week live. And uh, make sure you check out our home network, NGSC Sports, at NGSCSports.com. Sean, back with us again this week. Sean, how we doing? Oh, we're cruising, man. Beat the Saints. Jalen Hurts era. <laughs> there you go. Maybe. Maybe. There you go. It, it, well, we there it, was there was a Carson Wentz era at one time. So th- there was, know. there was, there was, there's and, been a uh, Nick Foles era. There's been uh, Detmer eras. There's there's been a lot of eras. Been a lot of them. Been, uh, it, been an exciting week. We had uh, a couple of uh, spoilers in college football. We had uh, we got the new rankings out. And uh, oh boy, do we! Your man, 
your man Jerry saying uh, saying the head coach is safe. So we got a lot of news. Yeah, and I I think I think that that's probably the right call. Um, now whether or not it, it's you know whether or not coordinators or things should stay, that's a whole nother battle in and of itself. But I don't necessarily think that the McCarthy era uh, should be over after just one season. But um, yeah, let's let's jump right into it, Sean, because. Uh, the latest batch of college football playoff rankings uh, dropped just a little bit over an hour ago. And, you know, there's not – I don't find the whole the whole lot um, offensive, frustrating, but there's definitely some things about this this latest top, top 25, particularly in the top 10, that I'm just going – why don't you guys just make it the, the the best of the SEC for the college football national title every year? I mean, I understand this is a weird year. I understand that um, resumes look different and are different than uh, they should be or uh, we thought they were going to be going into, um, you know, from, from last year to this year. But the, the, the most glaring one out of this, Sean, is, is Florida. <laughs> The fact that Florida um, dropped one spot after losing to an unranked team at home, and then Georgia, now I know they beat Missouri, Cincinnati was off, but Georgia jumping Cincinnati, like those those two things. Now this is assuming, I mean, based on what I've seen from Cincinnati, if Cincinnati had played Missouri this weekend, I think Cincinnati would have beaten Missouri. And that's not discrediting so. Missouri. That's not saying anything about Cincinnati. It's just saying that like Cincinnati belongs in the discussion and Missouri is about as far from it as any team in the SEC can be. So I'm not, I, I I'm with you. I mean, when I, when I, I was just looking over them before we uh, signed on and um, to see Florida at seven is baffling. I, I, I mean, Georgia has been too high for me for weeks uh, in general, uh, you know, you have a two loss team, you're ahead of some, you know, and Indiana has one loss, but it was a close one. It was not a blowout to, uh, proverbially this super talented, uh, Ohio state team. So I, I, I don't know that the resume of wins is that much more impressive for a Florida than say an Indiana is right. And, and, you know, if it if they had lost by a field goal, you know, a last second missed field goal at home, you know, against Texas A&M, for example, I'd have no problem with them dropping one spot. But you lost to an, an LSU team that, you know, I understand they, they've been starting to put that team back together. You know, they, they graduated a lot. They, uh, you know, they had 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 quite a few uh players uh that there were supposed to be some of their best players um had opted out but when when you have a, an LSU team that has lost to Mississippi State, Missouri, Auburn, um and then their other two losses were to Texas A&M and Alabama. Um you know the the the, the resume there is 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 pretty lousy. This is not a good LSU team. And Florida it was also at home like it, it, you don't even have the 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 excuse that you were playing at LSU and and this year because of smaller crowds even a a home or a road game isn't as you know good or bad I guess 
as normally because the crowds are smaller. Now they're bigger in the SEC than they are with some of these northern teams. Um, but but it just it it absolutely. I, I'm scratching my head and and I'm sitting there and I'm watching. Um, you know the 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 show the the the, the rankings show, and they're they're still trying to make a case that for Florida to to make it into the college football playoff if they beat Alabama this weekend. And I'm like and and I guess if they if they would blow them out um you know from 7 to 1 I I guess you could make the argument but but I guess some of my issue with even with that is a couple of weeks ago you know I think even even I it was the week I think before the the Notre Dame uh Notre Dame climbs the game, or maybe it's in the week after that they're saying that you know if Notre Dame slips up uh, the rest of the way, or if Notre Dame loses to Clemson in the ACC championship, then then they might not have the strong enough resume. And then they're sitting there tonight talking about you know Florida getting in if they beat Alabama. They're talking about Clemson still getting in uh, if they lose to Notre Dame this weekend if it's close. And I and I'm and I'm sitting here just scratching my head as in you know how how. And and I think Reese Davis even kind of called out. I forget the the name of the guy that that's the committee chairman that they had on the show. Even kind of called him out and is like, you know, are you you're basically, uh, you know, to to kind of summarize what he says, he's like, you're you're weighing Clemson differently. You're weighing Alabama differently. You're not even really giving, uh, you know, a team like Cincinnati a fair shake. And and the guy, uh, kind of gave a couple of half half-assed, um you know, reasons as to why Florida was where they were and why they dropped Cincinnati and stuff like this. And, and I mean, it, bringing up a, 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 the idea of an 18 playoff, that that's another topic for, for the off season, probably, because I think if you're looking at this now, this scenario that's playing out tonight and, and, and potentially to this Sunday when the, the final rankings are unveiled, you know, the fact that Cincinnati was dropped a spot that, that probably, tells you all you need to know that there needs to be more teams in a playoff but but this year putting putting Florida you know where they are this week is just is just absolutely nuts to me well and when you when you talk about LSU's losses I mean you can talk about the losses and I was going to point out the same thing but just looking at that schedule the wins LSU had coming into that game uh were an early season win at Vanderbilt uh a win against South Carolina uh a win against Arkansas and that's it. Yeah. And the Arkansas was close. Uh, and people can tell me how talented Arkansas is. And early in the season, it was like, oh, they could shake things up. They have three wins. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not exactly, a, you know, a, a, a great resume coming in. Uh, and you had it, at, like you said, at home. I think, you know, and when, when you talk about, um, you know, they had to scrape back into that game. Um, LSU really jumped out. You saw some uh, kind of just sloppy mistakes early from Florida. And um, not to mention, I mean, obviously the shoe throw, uh, just a lack of control there. Sure. I, I mean, I, don't, I know there's not much you can do from the sidelines at that point, but to but to even have a player willing to do that, um, you know, just kind of shows that that uh, kind of immaturity when you when you're talking about those top tier SEC teams and then the youth kind of of Florida. Uh, you know, I, I would say that, that that's a big uh, that's a big flag to me. The only thing that makes sense to me and um, I see here down here needs to be the conference champs in uh, the best non-power five uh, and some at-large bids do an eight-team playoff. I still 
as much as I love the idea of an eight-team playoff, uh, I do understand. It, I mean, you know, people talk about well, and the basketball does sixty-four, and I'm like, well, yeah, but I mean, as far as prep time and like actual oh, yeah. wear and tear and the number of people you have to have ready. 64 and 32 are not possible. No, I, I think 16 highly questionable. Yeah, I think eight's a decent I always number. I like the idea of, you know, eight's a good number, even if you go to six. I, I feel like if you had if you had buys uh, in the first, you know, maybe your proverbial top two, uh, or maybe there's only two unbeatens and they wind up with buys, uh, you know, that's that says something. Give them an extra week to prepare. Give you some incentive for being at the top. Um, and they see we're rewarding players. Guy stated they were rewarding teams because they had certain players, like Iowa State has a leading rusher. Yeah, and and some of that is it, it's the money. You know, you want sure you want you want those teams kind of sitting there because if your big money teams don't get in, you can at least market players. And I think that's almost where Florida is. The only thing that makes sense for me is if Florida falls to like twelve or lower. What sort of sell do you have for the SEC title game anymore other than come watch Alabama again? So if you keep them close, you know, I I still think from seven, um, you know, obviously you need some teams ahead of you to lose. You could jump, but I think even with a pretty – because let's face it, it's not going to be a convincing one. They're not going to go in there and trounce Alabama. If they win, it's going to be close. Do you think think that the reason they dropped Florida just to seven, it's a just just in case Florida wins, wins. Alabama – I think it's two reasons. If you drop them out of the top ten, one versus seven looks good. Sure. And, you know, it gives Alabama that quality, you know, no, no contest, number one seed. Um, I don't even know if they are the guaranteed number one seed. I think if for some reason, you know, everybody, all we've been talking about is what if Notre Dame loses? What if Notre Dame loses? What if Notre Dame like, wins? What if Notre Dame wins? You know what I mean? If Notre yeah, Dame don't wins worry. We'll, game, we'll get to Notre Dame Clemson right, here. And we'll it, get it, to that eventually. <laughs> but, like, if that were to happen and you get kind of a jostle around, I don't think it's a lock that Alabama stays at that one seed. But, um, but what it does is if Florida finds a way to win, it might be just far enough as long as things go the right way that they can't jump in. But Alabama can stay in because they lost to a number seventeen. Yeah, and I saw Chris says here every other NCAA division does sixteen team uh, playoff right. I, I think because I mean, if you're looking at, at sixteen to one, Iowa, it would be Iowa versus Alabama. I'm sorry, that's not a game. Um, no. Now, is Georgia Alabama a game? Maybe. It's definitely going to be a better game than Iowa Alabama. I don't have a problem with eight. The only thing I'll say, and and, and I've argued against this for years. Um, I, I don't think it should be an automatic bid for the conference champions. 99% of the time, your conference champion will, will probably be in those top eight, your, right. your, your power five. But in a situation, look at right now. I mean, again, this is a weird year, but USC is going to probably win the Pac-12. They're not even going to be in the top 10. You know, there was a year where uh, Penn State played in the Orange Bowl against uh-huh. ACC champion Florida State, who was 22nd in the country going in. So, I, there shouldn't be automatic bids. Yeah, I, I don't. Especially, it, it if should we were be the top about eight. A sixteen or a thirty-two, even maybe, with eight. But, but you can't play that many games. These kids have way too much on the line. So as it is, and like you said, the farther you trickle down the top twenty-five, the farther you get down uh, to the to what we would call the mediocrity uh, pool. Um, like you said, the harder to sell those first-round games are. I mean, I guess 
I mean, college basketball does it, and you know the number one's never going to lose, but in the hope that they do. But um, again, college basketball, part of that sell in the in those first two rounds is take the day off of work. It's during a weekday. Come out to the bar, yeah. this and that. College football is still going to be on a weekend. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're still going to have the bowl system. You're still going to have, um, you know, I, I think eight's the number because, like, I mean, you'd get North Carolina and Notre Dame again. That'd be a fun game to watch again. Uh, but then you get Clemson and Northwestern, uh, you know, Ohio State, USC. Like to me, those yeah, games. The other, the other, the only other hard part, and it's something you alluded to earlier. Uh, if you expand it even to eight, and it's one of my arguments against eight. Not that I have many. I don't mind eight as a number. Uh, I kind of prefer the six. Uh, and the reason is, is because of what you're seeing with Florida and Georgia, and like the over embellishment of SEC prowess it would in college just get football. Worse. <laughs> is you would run the risk of half of the teams being from the same conference. Um, and I'm with you on not giving automatic bids, but but something would have to be done. And and I think, you know, the way it would do, I mean, if you eliminate the committee, if maybe every conference has someone on the committee, I don't know how you have to do it. Maybe let the fans or the media vote for the bottom two or three. I, I, don't, I don't know how the perfect system works, but I, I think like right now you have Cincinnati just kind of hanging a few out and you have Iowa State kind of just, uh, you know, hovering there. And it's like, well, if we don't have anyone else, like we could always slide them in. All you're going to see is if it goes to eight, those teams won't get any higher than 10. Uh, you know, and, and I think that you're going to kind of see that happening where like if eight are getting in, they're still going to try to put the eight best teams in as best they can. Yeah. Anything you can do. You know, and th- where, this when year's... is two losses better than one? And when is one loss right. better than zero? And it's, it's still going to be – you're going to run into the same one. We're like, well, why isn't Cincinnati – so don't just assume well, yeah, I mean, there's, there that will, Cincinnati's still sitting at seven or eight, right? In an eight-team playoff, I, I don't right. think it happens. There, there, the college, will, college football's way too smart for that. Yeah, there always be there will always be an argument. But I, but I look back over, you know, two years ago, the the second to last college football playoff ranking. This is your top eight: Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, UCF. So you had SEC, ACC, independent, Big Twelve. Big Ten, AAC, within your top eight. Now, the Pac-12 was on the outside looking in uh, with Washington. Then I looked... As they usually should. As they usually are. And then I looked at uh, last year's uh, second to last, uh, which is the same week we're in now. You had LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, Oregon, Baylor, Wisconsin. So there you had uh, SEC, Big Ten, ACC, Big 12, Pac-12, you know, so so you had you had five you had the power five conferences. Now your your highest non power five team they weren't even in the discussion last year. Memphis all the way down at seventeen. Um, you know, you know at that point, you know Notre Dame uh, was down at fifteen. You know they had two losses last year. So you know th- there's going to be years where you have two or three from each. There's going to be years because because this year again this year is a very strange year because of the way everything has played out. You know, so having three SEC teams in the top eight, I don't think happens. Actually, four is it four? It's four. You have four SEC teams in the top eight currently. Uh, I don't think that will usually happen uh, most seasons. It just it's, well, and it's, it's not a the last ranking of the year either. No, no, because uh, I mean, for all intents and purposes, if we're going to just assume that Alabama is going to win like they always do, then then Florida's out. Um, I think if some teams behind win a conference championship game, there's a good chance Georgia's out. Um, you know, it's going to shuffle around. And as teams play that conference championship weekend, 
uh, they should be able to pop in. And it looks like Chris is kind of agreeing with me here. Yeah, it's there's, and I I want to necessarily say that they have no chance. I mean, I, I think I think a non-power five is in a similar boat to what Notre Dame is in every year, where you have to go undefeated. You know, yeah. is it is it fair? You know, and I get Notre Dame and, and non-power fives are, are different, but is it fair to Notre? Is it fair to you know a Cincinnati that you have to go undefeated uh, to have a chance? Maybe, maybe yes. not. Yeah, like I think, I think it is fair, right? Because they're you know until and and this isn't all their fault because I you know I know that you know there are times that Power Five schools don't schedule um, you know a, a team like that because it's not an easy um, you know it, it, it's not an easy cakewalk non conference game. So so they have sometimes trouble scheduling the Alabamas or the Clemsons or the Wisconsins and stuff like that. Um, but based on on the, the the quality of their schedule, I think you should have to go undefeated. If you have to go undefeated, we've seen most years they're they're at least up there near the discussion, uh, like Cincinnati is uh, th- this year. So I, I I do I do think eight is the number. Um, now before we move away from this and and the 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 eight versus four versus twelve or whatever, that's something you know I think we could have a, have a fun deep dive uh, once we get towards the off season. But the the only other team that that I saw some uh people complaining about today and it's more Pac-12 fans is people are complaining that USC is in higher um and they're trying to make all these excuses that you know because the, the you know the Pac-12 had shut things down they didn't even get back and start practicing until October and uh you know they had a slow start but they've come on late and and, and I looked at their schedule three of their current five wins have come against teams with a combined record of four and ten and out of those three, you know, out of those five wins and those games, those were those three games were come from behind when they were they're a total of 10 points, three victories by 10 points to a team with a combined record of four and 10. Um, you know, I'm not saying this as a Notre Dame fan and a, and a lifelong USC hater. I, I'm, I'm looking at this the fact that USC had to come back twice in the fourth quarter this past weekend against 500 UCLA. Um, if you can't look at USC and see that they are different from Ohio State, Texas A&M, Iowa State, I'm not even I'm not even bringing the top three teams into this discussion because they are nowhere on the same planet as those. But if you're if you're trying to make the argument that USC should be near the number four spot, you're going to try to tell me that they're better than five and zero Ohio State. You're going to try and tell me they're better than seven and one A&M. Than than eight and two Iowa State they're they're not they're just not <laughs> oh you're muted there there you go oh we lost you up oh, technology uh, where are they um where's USC sitting I don't have it in front uh, thirteen uh thirteen yeah and that's probably fairly fair I mean I guess the argument I would make is if the issue is oh well they didn't play anybody and they only played five games then why is Ohio State where they are I mean, I understand that we know Ohio State's better. You can see it in the talent. We know who they have, and we know what their sure. program does. And we've had the and Ohio State discussion. But we, I, you and I, you and I made the argument that in in a tiebreaker scenario, that that few of the games um, shouldn't have you know shouldn't have those teams that high. And do I still, in a way, think Texas A and M might deserve to be above them? I, a big part of me kind of feels that way. Same with Iowa State. Um, but I um. I can see why if you're going to still value their five wins, 
against what I would call a fairly mediocre schedule. Oh, yeah, Ohio State schedule stinks, too. If you're going to value too. that resume enough to keep them just based on their, you know, kind of uh, uh, their background, the, like, lore of Ohio State, then maybe USC has an argument. Do I think they have an argument to be near four? No. Maybe they crack the top ten as an undefeated team. Uh, but 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 if they think that it's like, well, we want to be close enough to jump in with a with a win in the title game or something like that, I don't know. Absolutely not. Oh, there's too many other teams better than you. Um, maybe you could make the argument that Florida should have fell past you to 14. Sure, maybe make that argument. And I, I mean, I, I'm also still in the camp. Bit. I'm also still in the camp. You know, do I believe? That Ohio State is one of the best four teams in the country. I do. Pac-12 does have a title game. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's that it's uh, USC and Oregon because Washington, who is the number two team, uh, can't play because of COVID. So got it. So well, <laughs> so it's an even worse actually, championship it game. Up, in my opinion, a better sell. I, I think taking a, a possibly overrated USC team trying to prove themselves and taking the kind of preseason favorite in Oregon. I think that's a pretty fun matchup. And you know what? If you're USC. Stop complaining. Go out, beat Oregon, and I, I don't think there's a lot of scenarios where if they were to win this weekend that they don't end up in the top ten. They'll probably get into the top ten, and they'll probably yeah, get a – You'll be a top ten team, and then if you go to whatever bowl you wind up with and you win that one, you'll just sit there in the top ten. And from where you started the year and with the schedule you had and has yeah, I think that's a Pac-10 pretty damn successful year. Been, that's about as high as I thought Oregon would end up. And so, the, the only problem for USC, yeah. and don't get me wrong – uh, assuming that next year we get back to normal life uh, and Notre Dame has USC back on the schedule, I'm here for Clay Helton getting more time as the head coach yeah, just stick uh, around. of the USC Trojans because, you know, the, if I'm a USC fan, this is the worst-case scenario because I thought yeah. that guy was going to be good and just fired go ahead, this keep year. things disorganized. Absolutely. Things weird. Absolutely. Confused. <laughs> you know, those kind of words. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll obviously get into the Clemson uh, Notre Dame stuff here in, a, in just a few minutes because we're going to jump to our uh, college football play, uh, p- predictions for the week. Um, easy for you to say, e- yeah, exactly. So I've had a, I've had some of these, and I, I will give you this one, dude. That this is a good brew. The, yeah, I uh, told you that, uh, that hazy. I, I I wish we could get it down mm-hmm. here. Uh, if anybody out there, big uh, fan, follow me at Shine State. Hit me up on there. Um, let me know if you can ship ship a couple down. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll maybe make a trade. I got some uh, some Sean Shine, well Sunshine Cities. We got some <laughs> of these. We can send you some some lovely IPAs. Make a nice trade for it. Uh, um, but anyway, but yeah, let's, it, let's kick it off. Uh, looking at the uh, the the records last week, Sean, I had a, a three and zero perfect week in college football, putting me congratulations twenty eight and nineteen. You were two and one. You are now thirty one and sixteen. Um, so, and, and I, I picked out, uh, let's see here, one, two, three, uh, eight of the uh, championship games this weekend. So, uh, a, a big week. Hopefully, they all, hopefully, hopefully they, all, uh, they all get in. But we'll start with the MAC. Some action on a Friday night, 7.30 on ESPN. Uh, Ball State, 5-1, and one, taking on Buffalo, who is 5-0, and oh, in a 13-and-a-half point favorite. 66-and-a-half uh, is your number on this one. Uh, I like Buffalo. They got that running back that is just is maybe one of the most talented running backs college football this year. Uh, so I like Buffalo to cover uh, the thirteen and a half and pick up the win. I'm going to go over just because I like points in action. Yeah, I mean that that kid's fun to watch. I, I hope people are tuning into this game. I, I think it could be a pretty fun one. Um, yeah, Ball State um, has put up points, so I, I think you're spot on with the over. Uh, my only fear would be that Buffalo's defense plays 
as well as they have in a couple of their matchups and, uh, and, and kind of holds things down. Um, but I mean, ball state's coming in hot Their Their only loss was in the very first week to Miami of Ohio by a by a touchdown. And, uh, they haven't looked back. I think this is going to be a very good game. Uh, but I'm with you. I'm going to take Buffalo guy on a Buffalo a high scoring, uh, high scoring route two. And I'm kind of surprised this number is only at 66. Yeah. That, um, that, that was... concerns me because I feel like it's <laughs> making me want to take the over. Uh, but, uh, good thing is we don't keep track of that anyway. So I'll just keep pushing that over all day. Yeah. Yeah. Those, right those, uh, those don't matter. Uh, then we go to the pac 12, this one, uh, Friday night, eight o'clock on Fox, uh, Oregon three and two again, they're in, uh, here because Washington, uh, unable to play due to COVID against number 13 USC five and oh, three and a half point, uh, home favorite this game, uh, being played at the Coliseum, uh, 62 is your over under, uh, on this one, you know, I'm still not sold on this USC team. Like I said, they have a they have a weak resume in a weak conference. Um, Oregon has disappointed all year, but but I think they're going to end the Pac-12 season on a high note. I think uh, they may not win this game, but I'm going to take them to cover. I think it's going to be uh, maybe only just a field goal victory in this one, but I wouldn't be shocked if Oregon pulls the upset. And uh, I'm actually going to go under. I don't have a whole lot of faith in either of these offenses, which feels really weird to say in a Pac-12 game. Yeah, I mean, I um, I was pretty high on Oregon coming into the season. I mean, about as high as I could be with a Pac-12 team. I I thought maybe if they could get all the games in and and uh, and win them all, like I thought they would, uh, they could be one of those teams sitting there where uh, Iowa State is trying to sneak in here. Um, yeah, what a disappointment! And I think the big thing for them is uh, they've been able to put up points, but uh, the one thing I thought they had an edge in the Pac-12 was that their defense was just better than everyone else's. Uh, and their defenses look like a sieve, uh, so I don't really know uh, what to expect here. Uh, and with only a, um, do you have it at three? I'm showing three. Uh, I had a three and a half. All right, so you got the hook. All right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't buy USC 100 percent either, but I'm going to take them. I, I just, um, all the the heart side of me says it's going to be Oregon's day, uh, kind of a free chance to play for a title uh, in the Pac-12. Uh, kind of take the title you thought you would and kind of ruin somebody else's day. Um, but I'm just not seeing it. I'm not seeing it on the resume. I'm not seeing it on the stat sheets where I want to. And, um, you know, as as uh, as good as Oregon, uh, their offense has looked, USC's been putting up a good bit of points too. Uh, kept up with UCLA in a kind of an offensive slugfest. And I think that's pretty much what you're going to see here. I take uh, USC to, um, to win and cover that three and a hook. And uh, uh, give me the over all day. Very, very good. All right, then we go to uh, Saturday at noon on Fox. Uh, the, it is the Big Ten Championship, number 14, Northwestern, 6-1. Uh, and one. They are uh, taking on, of course, uh, with the uh, amended uh, Big Ten uh, rules and regulations for this season, the number four Ohio State Buckeyes, uh, who are 5-0, and oh, and a 20-and-a-half-point uh, favorite. 58-and-a-half is your number uh, on this one. Um, I, I think Ohio State wins this game. Uh, I, like I said, I think they are one of the. Um, I think they are one of the the best four teams in this in this country. Um, but that said, I, they haven't overly convinced me. Their schedule has been weak, so I like Northwestern to cover twenty and a half. Twenty and a half is a big big number uh, in this one. I'm actually going to go the under too because I think if Northwestern is going to cover that twenty and a half, it's going to be in a low scoring contest. Yeah, I um, that is a big number, and uh, people are still still pushing it up because I'm showing a live number at 21, 
Uh, and um, yeah, Northwestern has kept scores low. Now, now they don't play a, a very tough schedule. Uh, their defense has kept scoring to a minimum. Uh, it has not been tested like Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State has. Um, but man, I'm looking at the points Ohio State's hung up in their uh, five wins, and, and I'm looking at teams like Indiana, uh, Michigan State, and Rutgers, uh, and even Penn State. And I'm looking at teams that I would argue um, may not be quite as good as Northwestern, but I think they're right in the same ballpark. I'm going to take Ohio State uh, to put the exclamation on. I think Urban Meyer. I, I, well, I think that whole uh, the whole program there is probably a little bit insulted that that people like you and me are starting to question whether they belong in that top four. And just in case some other crazy things happen, they need to put a statement on this game. Uh, I predicted it before, and I was wrong. They did not put the statement on things. <laughs> but um, uh, I think they cover this one. I think um, they find ways to score where other teams didn't, and I think Northwestern's offense has a hard time keeping up. Uh, and I'm going to take the over only because um, – at that 57-and-a-half number, I got Ohio State putting up two-thirds of it. All right, then uh, then we go to the Big 12. Number 10, Oklahoma, they are 7-2 and two and a 5-and-a-half-point favorite against number 6, Iowa, uh, who are 8-and-2. 58-and-a-half is your number on this one. This is at uh, noon on ABC this uh, this coming Saturday. Um, you know, I... I, I don't really know how I feel about Ohio, uh, Iowa State being put at number six in this week's college football playoff rankings. Uh, they were seven last week. Florida lost, so I guess by default they had to move up. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that they are truly one of the six best teams in this country, but uh, it's a weird year, and here we are. Uh, that said, I think Oklahoma's been been clicking ever since some of those early losses, so i like uh, Oklahoma to cover the five and a half. I think they're going to win this game uh, fairly easily. And uh, we know the rules and standards of uh, the Big Twelve. It's going to be the over. Oh yeah, you just you said Big Twelve. I just heard over over. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're going to take the over again. Seems to be a pretty big uh, trend going on my picks here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've always I've always liked Iowa State, but I've always liked them kind of more as a spoiler. I always liked them kind of more as the uh, sneaky team that beats a team late, kind of knocks them out of this game. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about them being where they are. Um, if you're thinking about betting them, that, that week one loss to Louisiana Lafayette's got to be a little <laughs> bit concerning to you. Um, it wasn't close. It was a 31-14 loss to Louisiana Lafayette. Um, caught you by surprise. Um, and not a lot else that I've seen that has really um, really impressed me. Uh, I'm with you. I think Oklahoma's rolling. Uh, I think uh, you're finally seeing uh, some some statistics that, that would they have gotten it rolling right away uh, you might be talking about some Heisman candidates out of there. Um, I, I, I'm going to take Oklahoma to roll with you. I'm going to take the over. We're going to agree on this one. Um, and uh, we'll both get our uh, original pick of Oklahoma out of the Big 12, correct? Uh, sure will. The good news is they won't be challenging for a top four spot. <laughs> they will not. Uh, then we go to the Sun Belt, number 19, Louisiana, 9-1. and At number 12, Coastal Carolina, 11-0, four-point uh, home favorite in this one, 55 is you're over under 330 on ESPN. Um, yeah, this is a fun game. I think all eyes have kind of been on this one. We knew this was going to be the, uh, the the championship game of this conference, but I have no reason to believe that the Chanticleers aren't going to win this game. Uh, you have the mullets. You have the crazy mascot. You have the fans. You just have this energy with this team, and you have a teal field. So uh, Coastal Carolina all the way. Uh, give me the uh, – they're going to cover – and uh, and win in this one, and I'm going to take the over as well. Yeah, this is uh, 
this is dynamite. You got a, you got a team named the Raging Cajuns <laughs> against the mullet, toting, you know, having fun Southern boys, Chanticleers team. You tell me we were going to have a championship weekend ranked matchup between teams called the Chanticleers and the Raging Cajuns. And uh, I'd have probably laughed in your face. I'd have thought it was like a fast food chain battle between like Popeyes and someone else. Uh, but we, uh, we're just uh, fortunate enough to get to see this one happen. I like Louisiana Lafayette. I just pointed out they beat an Iowa State team who currently sitting just outside your top four. Uh, so they're no slouch. I mean, people that are, have been following, I think Coastal Carolina has kind of built this fan base. Uh, don't leave uh, Louisiana Lafayette out of this. Uh, I think the spread's pretty accurate at three and a half. I think it's fun for betting. I think it's fun for everything. I'm going to take the mullets too, uh, just because it's the more fun play here. Um, but I would not be surprised if we both got this one wrong. And um, at 54 points, I've been playing the overs the whole time. Why not? <laughs> go then, mullets. Then we go to the uh, the rematch of the century, the rematch of the year, whatever uh, adjective and, and descriptions they're going to put on this game. Uh, it's the ACC championship, number three, Clemson, uh, nine and one, a ten and a half point favorite uh, in this one against number two, Notre Dame, who is 10 and 0, 61 and a half. This one at four o'clock uh, on ABC. Uh, this is what I kind of alluded to earlier and, and what, what pisses me off, because if, if I hear one more fucking college football analyst talk about how Notre Dame's finally going to play the real Clemson, I'm probably going to blow my freaking my, my head's going to explode. Because, you know, yes, Trevor Lawrence wasn't on the field. But how is that any different than in previous years if uh, Alabama's quarterback doesn't play against Auburn or if Ohio State's quarterback doesn't play against Penn State or this and that? Like, injuries happen. This year, COVID happened. Like, so Notre Dame wins by a touchdown in, in, in double overtime in South Bend. Now, so you're, you're telling me based on based on, on on this spread right now that that Trevor Lawrence is a 17 point shift cuz Notre Dame won by a touchdown. Okay, Notre Dame played at home. He's pretty good. So let's 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 move that number 3. So now you you're telling me he's a two touchdown swing. Like Uyangale is not he's a five-star good recruit. I know, I right? That's that impressive. I couldn't say playoff predictions, but I I could say Uyangale. Um, but you're, you're, you're meaning to tell like Trevor Lawrence was a freshman five-star recruit when he took Clemson undefeated national championship in his freshman year. That's what Uyunglele is. He's a five-star freshman. Like, mm-hmm. is, is he as good as Trevor Lawrence? I don't know, but I'd say he's, I don't I'd say he's pretty fucking good. I don't think that Trevor Lawrence, especially this year, Trevor Lawrence has not been as good this year as he has been in his first two seasons, whether or not it's it has to do with just maybe some lingering effects from the COVID, whether it's he's you know trying to play reserved a little bit so that he doesn't get hurt going into an NFL draft next year, I don't know. But he has not been as dominant, I would say, this year as he was the previous two seasons. I don't think he's a fourteen point swing. Like it didn't, it doesn't surprise me. Clemson was favored the first time. It doesn't surprise me that they are favored this time. But, like, as a Notre Dame fan, I actually I, – I embrace this. I love the fact that Notre Dame is still the underdog, that everybody's looking at Notre Dame going, yeah, they're probably going to lose, but they'll still get in the playoffs most likely. Like, that that's fine. Notre Dame, Notre Dame has played this role before. They played it earlier this year. They won. Um, 
I think Notre Dame is definitely covering 10.5. I do not think this game is going to be bigger than a touchdown. Um, I think Notre Dame wins the game. Um, I will obviously want them to win the game. Um, I'm going to take the over. The, the last time we saw these two teams play, uh, I think I took the under and ended up being, uh, you know, 88 total point, you know, something like it was like near 90 total points between the two. So I like Notre Dame to cover and the over. Yeah. I mean, the other thing you're looking at is let's not forget that, you know, I don't know what people think Trevor Lawrence's stats would have been against Notre Dame, but as I look at it, and I'm going to butcher it, Uyagalele. Did I get it? Uyagalele? Close enough. Close enough. Close enough. All right. We look at his stats. He threw for 439 yards yeah. in a pair of scores against, against Notre Dame. The, against one of the best defenses in college football. Right. Uh, Notre Dame's defense has, for the most part, taken care of business week they in and week out. shut down North Carolina. Whether or not they gave up 400 yards. Yeah. They took care of business that day. He put up 430 yards. Now, I'm not going to look at the uh, game coming out of that where Clemson got to play Pitt and, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence got to put up similar stat lines. But let's take a look at last week. Um, they got to play Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, comparable to Notre Dame? No. I mean, you can compare them if you want. Virginia Tech's not as good. Right, you're wrong uh, if you're trying to compare them. If you're trying to compare them, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, but you have a five-win Virginia Tech team who c- could someone have bet them to upset Clemson? Sure, they play well, especially at home. Um but Trevor Lawrence's stats that game, he, he, he completed 20, uh, 12 of 22 passes, so just over 50%. He only put up 195 yards, a touchdown, threw a pick in the game. He did add some rushing yards, but it wasn't anything spectacular. It was about uh, 60 yards, I think, not even, 41. So you look at that game. Now, it wound up being a, um, a pretty de- uh, decisive victory for him, and, and maybe he wasn't uh, you know, playing there at the end as, as hard as he could have. Maybe there was a little more running involved, but – I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know what people thought he was going to bring to that game. I mean, Clemson kind of has their niche in quarterbacks, have ever since Deshaun Watson. There's a right. reason why when you find out Trevor Lawrence isn't. Because, I mean, you got the rookie. I mean, if anything, Notre Dame didn't know how to prepare for him. Brian, it's like, Brian, Kelly, Brian Kelly said that exact thing this week. He said, you know, we've played Trevor Lawrence before. Trevor Lawrence, fairly similar in style. To what they had seen with Deshaun Watson, you know, yeah, you prepare. To me, you prepare for all three of those. Quarterbacks he said they the didn't know how to prepare for a young Galilee, right? Because so, you know he can run, but right. really, like, are they going to do right. that? You, you didn't know what you were getting with him. of an arm. Which, by the way, Trevor Lawrence throws a beautiful ball. I'm not going to take anything oh, away. Absolutely from not. The accuracy. The guy's that, a that generational talent. But 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 the the freshman man does he have a cannon? I mean, like just <laughs> brute strength coming out of that right shoulder. It, it, he's like he, he's he like he some, throws the ball like Jamarcus Russell, but talented. But 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 to somebody, <laughs> but yeah, accurately. Yeah. Which is scary for whoever that somebody is. At least with Jamarcus Russell, it wasn't going to hit anybody. A house, but he. <laughs> I don't think he could hit a house if he was ten feet from it. You know. So um, of course he made us look terrible in that bowl game. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> kind of were. Anyway. Um, Having said that, uh, you know, I, I'm looking at it, and I'm with you. I, I don't know where the big swing is. Would I have expected Clemson to be favored in this game? Probably, just based on what we know about the two programs and one being more proven over the past several years than the other. And I, I, Go ahead. Give them give the edge. Um, but I think it's interesting, just because everybody's been talking about, and we have too, if Notre Dame loses, are they still in? If Notre Dame loses, is there any? Which, by the way, with the Florida loss and everything else, Notre Dame uh, should already be in the college football I, playoff. I think that, uh, <laughs> and I think Alabama's right there with us. I, I, I think those top two, whether they stay at one two 
uh, depends on a win or a loss. But, right. but, I mean, those teams are at least locked in at four, in my opinion. And if either of them fall out, then this thing's completely broken. Uh, and we need to start over. Uh, <laughs> and uh, for this game, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm with you. Notre Dame's going to cover, but I'm going to push it even farther. I think Notre Dame's going to win this game. I think this is going to be, uh, is it going to hurt um, Trevor Lawrence's draft stock? No. Is it going to hurt uh, anybody's job on that coaching staff? No. Um, but is it going to knock them out of the top four? Yes. Uh, and I think it shakes things up, makes things a little more interesting, and you, you kind of got something to play for just outside of it. Uh, so if you're in that little near cusp go ahead and play your heart out because you're going to have a chance to jump Clemson uh they are going to lose uh Notre Dame is going to win uh it is going to be close but they're going to win and it's going to be done in an under uh this is my first under of the week and you can lock oh wow come on I hit the button. It's it's waiting. It's thinking. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Your system was lock as it shocked up. as you. Were. Uh, it was. It was. It wasn't ready. It was waiting for you know one of the next two. I games. wasn't gonna lock that game up, but the more I sat oh. here and you talk, and the more I heard myself talk, and I'm like, you know what? No, nobody thinks we're gonna win this game. The only people that think they're gonna win this game are me and the kids in that locker room. That is it. And Brian Kelly. That is it, Chip. That is it. Brian Kelly uh, knows we're gonna win this game. I think um, I say shock the world. Go get them. Exactly, and that like it's it's even sadder is that that people would look at it as a shocking situation. Shock the world. Go get them. Walk in as the one seed and take whoever sneaks in at four. Man, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. I of would course, t- what would suck is if you win, get the one seed. Alabama loses and falls to four. <laughs> right, then you get Bama at four, or the cl- the committee just the first round or if it's like not a big win, they just put Clemson back in. Then you got to beat Clemson a third you time. Beat Clemson a third goddamn Fuck! time. Yeah. We can't win even when we win. Yeah, I don't. I fully expect something like that to happen. But we will win uh, this weekend. There we go. All right, then we move to the AAC uh, this Saturday night, eight o'clock. ABC number twenty three, Tulsa at number nine. Excuse me, Cincinnati, uh, 14 and a half point um, home favorite. 47 is your number. Um, you know, for me, I'm looking at this, and I, I thought for sure Cincinnati was going to come in either still at eight or, or possibly up at seven. Instead, they got dropped to number nine. So uh, I'm even I'm even further in my belief of what I wrote down today when I was prepping. Cincinnati's going to win this game. Cincinnati's going to win this game by a lot. They know if they even want to get anywhere near the conversation, which they probably can at this point, but they're going to try and, and, and make it, the committee look bad. Uh, so they're going to win this game by a hell of a lot of points. Uh, definitely the over. And you can go ahead. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right. Well, I hate to do this to you. Oh, no. <laughs> but I'm about to explain why your lock is incorrect. Okay. You do that. I'm not going to um, tell you I'm yours you was because. Yeah. I'm with you on every, every reason why Cincinnati should win this game, why Cincinnati needs to roll in this game, and why it's very important to them. And because of the importance of the game for Cincinnati and because of the situation they're in, I think they come in with a little bit of nerves. And you're looking at a Tulsa team that is not a slouch. They've only lost one game. They lost it right away, uh, September 19th, to an Oklahoma State team that, oh, by the way, is pretty good. Um, uh, they're, but they're okay, I'll give them pretty good. I'll give them pretty, pretty good. good. They're pretty good. And it was close. They held Oklahoma State to uh, 16 points in that game. So all right, uh, that's a team impressive. that has it. It's a team that has a defense that can play. Um, you know, with the same type of quality wins. Um, they had a Cincinnati game postponed back in October. They were ready to try to challenge them. Then uh, had to watch that get moved to the end of the to the end of the season. Um, have their wins been dominant? No, but have they been pretty good? Held Navy to six points. 
Then they were looking forward. December 5th, they played Navy. They won 19-6. to Didn't put up the kind of points that Cincinnati's used to putting up. But then they turned to Cincinnati, and they're like, how do we stop these guys? We get to play them on the 12th. Oh, wait, never mind. Everybody's canceling games. we got to wait a whole nother. So they've had two and a half weeks to get that defense tuned up and ready to go. And because um, Tulsa is a defensive team and is winning games with defense, it's a lot easier to get those wheels spinning than an offensive one that's been sitting around. And I think that um, I think it definitely means more for Cincinnati, even though usually the underdog it means more. So because of that, I'm taking Tulsa to cover. Now, it's a big enough spread that we can both be right here, uh, except that they won't do enough. I don't think Cincinnati if Tulsa covers, but I think Tulsa covers in this game. And I'm I'm leaning towards Tulsa winning this game, not just cover. I think they're going to just shock it. It's going to knock Cincinnati out of here, and all of a sudden you don't have as much to talk about as why don't they get a fair chance. Because I'm not really sold on Cincinnati's resume. They are pounding teams, but I'm not sold on that AAC it's, it's resume. Weak. It's I think weak a lot as hell. Your, yeah, I think a lot of your quality teams that people thought were going to be there aren't, and this is the big one that is. Uh, so I think it kind of catches them by surprise. They're going to find themselves, at the very least, in a low-scoring game. So if you're looking at it, bet the under. Um, and that that's my take on that. So so I wish you the best on your uh, on your lock. <laughs> Uh, but I, I think it's going to be closer than you think. Yeah, I think I think it, it it might hurt Cincinnati's resume in the long run too. That they they wanted to get like a BYU game on the schedule and they just mm-hmm. weren't able to make it happen. And I think it was because maybe some of their uh, own COVID cases. Then finally, yeah. we close out the uh, championship weekend uh, Saturday night, eight o'clock on CBS. Uh, it is a game that doesn't look quite as illustrious as it did uh, a week ago. Uh, it is number one Alabama, ten and zero, a seventeen point uh, favorite. Against uh, number seven, Florida, who is eight and two. 74 is your over under uh, on this one. 74 points, the highest uh, of the over unders for this, uh, for the championship weekend. Um, look, Alabama, you know, they, they're, I think they're licking their chops after seeing, um, you know, whether or not Florida was looking ahead or whatever. I think Alabama's watching that film and they're just, uh, learning every every bit of, of what they can do to dismantle this Florida team. Uh, Florida also gets a little hot under the collar. We saw it with the, with the shoe throw. I mean, the, the, the absolute dumbest thing I've seen in a long time. Um, so I think Bama's going to win. I think Bama's going to cover the 17. I don't think Florida stands much of a chance. And Nick Saban... Um, and not that Alabama... I'm a, I agree with what you said earlier. I think Alabama and Notre Dame are are basically locked into a playoff uh, playoff berth, whether or not they're the one or two seed is irrelevant. I, but I think Alabama, uh, they, they just want to go out and just prove they are who they are. Once again, they're going to win and they're going to cover. And uh, I'm actually, I'm going to take the under here because I, I, I think that Alabama is going to shut down Florida's offense. I don't know how many points Alabama is going to score, but I think they're going to, I think they're going to disrupt Florida enough like LSU did early on. Now LSU let up. Alabama's not going to let up. Well, I mean, I, I think stopping the offense is, is the big key here. I think there's two reasons why Alabama's going to try to. One is obviously to win the game and shut that offense down, sure. knowing full well Florida's defense is 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 definitely their weakness. Um, so if you can score and obviously they don't score, uh, that's pretty simple. Uh, but uh, it, it's a lot simpler on paper. I, I think the other reason they're going to try to shut it down is because they're going to try to help their quarterback. This is kind of your Heisman shootout here. I think your Heisman is down, in my opinion, to two candidates. You can talk all you want about running backs in the Midwest or anything else. I think it's between Jones and Trask. 
uh, assuming that both of them don't completely crap themselves here in the next couple of weeks um, <laughs> while other people shine. Uh, it, it's definitely theirs to win. So this is kind of a fun one. Uh, because of that and the fact that um, somehow the game got more important for Florida. I didn't think it could get more important. Somehow this game became more important for Florida. Um, so I think they're going to come out firing. And, and I like everything I see from that kid. You talk about a Russell Wilson-esque deep ball. Uh, Trask throws a, a, a golden one. Uh, I, I don't know if – I'd like to see him and, and, and Lawrence stand side by side. Uh, I think Trask has better arm strength, and I think he's able to, to kind of hit guys in stride a little um, – just reminds me of Russell Wilson, uh, and I and I'm not saying his play does just just his deep ball, but uh, but I like the kid. I like the Florida offense a lot. I think you're going to see a ton of points. I like this one to push over. Uh, even looking at that that number in the 70s, I like it to go over. Um, you know, but but having said that about about them pushing, I think both guys are going to put up a ton of yards and a ton of points, and and it's going to you're not going to have a decider here. I don't think this is going to be a Heisman decider. I think it's going to be you know your trash supporters are going to be like, look what he did, and your Jones <laughs> guys are going to be like, yeah, but we won the game, uh, and then uh, it's going to be this whole argument. Uh, but I, I like Bama to to win here just because of the the lack of defense on the Florida side. I think you just don't get you don't get as many successful stops as Alabama does. And I think um, I, I, I think it's going to be a cover. I'm with you. I like Alabama to cover, but I think it's going to be a lot of points. Uh, and I think it's going to push well into the 80s or 90s. It just it, it's it's ridiculous. You know, this was once the conference of defense ridiculous. that we that we were told uh, time and time again that this that this uh, was the conference of defense, and and it just isn't. Uh, isn't ridiculous the, isn't the case anymore but uh all right sean we are going to uh pause here and we are going to uh take our break and uh and hear from our sponsor uh stick with us on the other side we're gonna talk nfl coach of the year as well as our four biggest matchups in the national football league this upcoming weekend stick with us huddle up live we'll be right back Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis on all things sports. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, subscribe to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports, and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. back on the podcast and we are live facebook twitter and youtube you can uh, follow us on social media at huddle podcast on twitter and on facebook and you can uh, follow us on instagram at huddle up pod make sure you subscribe to this show on all podcast platforms spotify 
and Amazon Music. If you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rate and review. Five stars. We'd appreciate that. Get uh, And uh, tell your friends. If you follow us and you listen to us, tell us tell one, one friend about us uh, this week. We'd appreciate that. Get as uh, much of an audience in here as we can. Make sure, again, you check out our home network, NGSC Sports, and the sponsor of the show, Arena Eats. And, uh, Sean, this, uh, the NFL season is uh, starting to near the end, and you got to start thinking about uh, year-end awards and things like that. And one of them that is uh, is always one that comes up is is the NFL Coach of the Year. And uh, I was looking at this one because um, I feel like the, the comeback player of the year is is or should be pretty easily. I feel like that one is uh, is, is is Alex Smith um, without question. Um, oh, absolutely, Alex Smith. Like the, the 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 minute Alex Smith took a snap, I feel like that that award was his. Um, not not taking into account that he's uh, become the starter and uh, has the Washington Football Team in first place. Um, you know that the, the, you know helps. you know that helps. But like based on everything he went through, you know, I I think I've seen people on Twitter like they'll be like, oh, when you think anybody else should uh, win comeback player of the year. They post a picture of Alex Smith's like uh, wound leg. And um, it's like, yeah, this guy wins. This guy wins it. Um, but I, I want to look which, at, which, by the way, it, you know, as a quick side note, how, ex- how phenomenal would it be if, if like, and, and I'm, I'm not hoping Washington wins the NFC East, but it's looking <laughs> pretty good. Sure. And if they were to pull it off, how incredible would a Alex Smith, Aaron Rodgers playoff matchup be? Based on the uh, the start of their career and the path to that game, unreal. It'd be amazing if it was a championship NFC championship game. Like yeah, Alex I mean, it certainly it certainly wouldn't be the first round, and obviously, depending how the the things shake out. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't see Washington shocking the world, getting there, going to the Super Bowl, anything like that. But I'm not going to say it's impossible. The defense plays well enough, and Alex Smith sure. is safe enough. Could you, we've seen crazier things happen? But I think that would be an incredible sell. Yeah, and I and NFL. I mean if you're if you're looking at the NFC and you know spoiler alert and I'll, I'll talk about some of the other guys that are that are leading the odds and whatnot for NFL Coach of the Year, but to me my my Coach of the Year is Ron Rivera, you know, and, and I understand that the Washington Football Team is is currently sitting at, at six and seven. You know, the best they can do is one game over five hundred in, in what is a very bad NFC East. So I'm not I'm not sitting here and saying that that it, it's you know, Super Bowl or, or anything, uh, you know, legendary, but you're, you're looking at, you know, him coming over and taking, taking that team and where they were at with Jay Gruden. And, uh, you started the year with Dwayne Haskins and then you went to Kyle Allen and now you turn it over to, to Alex Smith. And, um, you know, some of the challenges that, that Washington's face from an ownership standpoint. And then also the fact that Ron Rivera, right at the start of this season, which has been weird in and of itself because of the whole COVID situation, you know, Ron Rivera diagnosed with with, uh, with a form of cancer, um, and it was dealing with uh, you know chemo and things like that as the season gone on, and and to uh, you know to get his team to to where they are and the way they're performing and to have them in first place, uh, the offense is clicking. It's not not the best offense in football by any means, um, but it's doing enough to win. And then you have a defense that that um, is is absolutely just making plays. Um, you know the the NFC and and I, I've said it for weeks. Like there's a few great teams in the NFL, and then there's there, there's definitely bad teams, and then there's everybody else. And that group of everybody else is huge in the NFL this year. Like you have terrible teams: the Jets, the Bengals, 
the Cowboys the Cowboys keep finding ways to win. It pisses me off. Just get the best draft pick. Well, why are you winning football games? But like, you know, you're 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 looking at it and you know, outside of the Jets, outside of the Bengals and the and the Jaguars, I mean, there's everybody else. There's just varying degrees of everybody else. It wouldn't shock me. And and I, I put it in my like unreal scenarios the other week for the Washington football team to to not only make it to the playoffs and win that division, but to win a playoff game or two and maybe get you know, to, to the NFC championship. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility uh that, that that they that they get into the into that spot because they are. They 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 are a team that ha- that has been, you know, kind of overperforming here uh as of late. But Sean, who do you uh who do you think right now is, is kind of sitting in this uh coach of the year spot? Well, I'm getting a little bit of uh, audio feedback. I'm hoping it's not my internet actually dying. So if you lose me, I'll try to hop back. Yeah, on. no, I think I think uh, my we, internet's um, kind of glitching it for a second here. All right, okay. So maybe it's on your end. Uh, either way, um, I'm going to start with a list of names that I think um, could easily win this award and and probably should. And Rivera's on that short list for me uh, of coaches that that probably could be there. Um, I would argue that uh, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay is a, a very strong candidate uh, based on especially when there's uh, critics out there like you uh, who thought they were going <laughs> to finish middle of the pack in the NFC North. Um, uh, so I, I think I think he's got a really strong case job. Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and um, – an interesting one for me would be, and I, and I wouldn't be too shocked – uh, would be a Kevin Stefanski, assuming that Cleveland's able to somehow win two games coming out here uh, and make a playoff run uh, to kind of be able. I mean, I I still think they're a paper tiger and a, and a bit of a sham. I don't trust Baker Mayfield to win a game he needs to win, uh, and, and I and I'm not sure how I feel about the coaching staff as a whole. But for the Cleveland Browns to be sitting here at nine and four right now, um, I'm going to go ahead and say that that they probably deserve it. And obviously, uh, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from Andy Reid if he finishes the season with one loss something that not a lot of teams have been able to do. There's something to be said for him as well. But I'm going to go out there and, and um, I'm, I'm going to throw this one um, to uh, to Sean McDermott. Uh, in, in my opinion, I, I think, you know, they, the, the AFC East all of a sudden became up for grabs with, with what shuffled with Tom Brady. Uh, I think some people thought Bill Belichick was just going to walk in and do this anyway, especially once Cam Newton showed up. Um, and the Bills have, have been up and down and they've sputtered and they've They've, they've stalled, and the defense has, has been been hit or miss. Um, but I'll tell you what, over the last couple of weeks, uh, that offense is clicking. Josh Allen is, is, is throwing laser beams out there. Uh, I think the defense has started to come to play. And, and, and in my opinion, if there's anybody in the AFC playing well enough to um, kind of unseed the Chiefs somewhere in those first couple of rounds, um, I don't think it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it's the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I, I think there's some middle of the road teams like the Dolphins that, in the right scenario, can do it. And you know what? They almost did it this weekend. Uh, but um, you know they got to get there first. And right now, uh, in, in a in a fairly mediocre division, the Bills are really starting to rise uh, here at the end and, and kind of show that there is a um, a kind of a cream there at the at the crop. And um, you know, you pointed out the Cowboys are winning games, and and teams are you're you're going to see. You know, there's a lot of lot more, I think, parity in the NFC where maybe there's not the greatest, you know, as many great teams. But I don't think there's as many terrible teams either. I think your first handful of picks are all going to be AFC teams. Uh, and, I, and I feel like you're going to kind of, you know, for every uh, 
for every Kansas City Chiefs, there's a there's a New York Jet out there waiting to uh, <laughs> kind of claw their way out of the bottom. So um, you kind of have a tale of two conferences. I think there's candidates in both, um, uh, and I and I just feel like maybe the weakness of the of the NFC East in general is going to kind of hurt Rivera's chances of winning this. I like uh, I like McDermott and Buffalo. Yeah, I think that's I think that's definitely a uh, a solid one as well. You know, there, there's definitely a pretty decent crop of uh, of coaches this year. So uh, it's it, it's it's an interesting one. Uh, looking at at the odds, the current odds uh, for coach of the year, Mike Tomlin is plus one thirty five. He's leading the pack. I think I think that one's slipping away each and every week. Slip. Uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they're starting to fade into obscurity, not obscurity, but but they're they're starting to slip um, from uh, from the top of the NFL. Uh, Brian Flores, the Miami Dolphins coach, is number two. Ron Rivera, three. St- uh, Stefanski, uh, four. Uh, Andy Reid, and then McDermott comes in at six. McDermott at plus one uh, eleven hundred uh, right now. Maybe I should make a bet. I was going to say that might not be Just a, ter- a dollar. That, a dollar on <laughs> that might not be a terrible bet. Uh, to make um, at this point, your boy Matt Lafleur is sitting there at eight. He's plus twenty one hundred uh, at this point, so maybe not a, a terrible well, my other one, one there. Sneaks in, and I almost like him as much as McDermott, but it hinges too much on uh, the final couple games of the season. And I think if the Indianapolis Colts can win two games and um, and kind of finish at like eleven and four and finish atop of that division, uh, if they can eclipse the Tennessee Titans there, um, just based on where you were with you know from. Um, from, from a quarterback retiring at a young age and kind of trying to find bouncing from a Jacoby Brissett to, a, you know, finding a, what many people thought was a washed up Phillip rivers and, and an offense that couldn't do anything and, and not really any running backs to speak of, except, you know, he had Marlon Mack who gets hurt early. And so I, I think to like kind of build that team on defense, but show like flashes of offensive brilliance. Uh, and that's part of, you know, my man, Frank Reich, uh, you know, Super Bowl 52 uh, and boy, do we miss him. A uh, very inventive guy, and, and and definitely a player's coach. And and I think at a, if they get to eleven and four, I think there's a very good chance for me uh, that he's kind of my two. Like that maybe he eclipses uh, Lafleur and kind of sneaks in uh, behind McDermott. I, I still like McDermott a bit more, but I would not be surprised if if somehow Frank Reich pulled this off. And Frank Reich sitting at uh, plus twenty four hundred as well. You know, if you want to throw, I need to throw three dollar bets out there. Just see what happens. You know, not not uh, not terrible ideas. Yeah, uh, Rivera plus four ninety. Uh, Brian Flores plus four fifty. I saw so. a couple a couple ten dollar twenty dollar bets up there. Just yeah, they're they're not horrible there. ones as well. I, I think you know, especially if Washington can can close the season out, win the division, especially if they can get to above five hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that one should uh, be fairly easy. But um, and let's let's stay here in Washington. But Sean, um, in uh, in the NFL with our with our picks. Um, let's do it with, with I don't our, like what you're about to say no no you do not but uh against the spread this past week Sean I went uh two and two uh so currently I am at 28 and 23 overall Sean you went one and three so you are sitting at 28 and 23 overall you and I have now fallen into a tie in the National Football League uh in our picks against the spread uh, this season, uh, with uh, with just three weeks to go uh, in the NFL, so so a, definitely a, a fun a fun time here as as we get close to the to the very end. Very competitive, but also a very real chance that neither of us finishes over five hundred. Very real chance with three weeks, especially to go. with this season in the NFL. Absolutely, I think um, the last two weeks the, the the winning picks were two and two. I'm pretty sure. 
Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. So uh, let's start uh, in Washington. Like I said, this one Sunday, one o'clock uh, on Fox. It is the nine and four Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they're a five point road favorite at six and seven. Washington forty three and a half uh, is your over under uh, on this one. Um, you know, I, I've, I've I put them in my in my spot for the uh, the, the surprise. Uh, I've said Alex Smith is your comeback player. I've said that Ron Rivera is your coach of the year. Uh, I've said this is the team that I want to win the NFC East, so I'm not going to pick against the Washington football team uh, in this one. I think they're going to cover. I also think they're going to win, but they are definitely going to cover uh, the five points. Uh, I'm going to go under, though. I, I, I don't I don't like either of these teams right now. The, the, the Seahawks are, have definitely been kind of tripping up uh, as of late. Um, and in Washington, we don't know if, if Alex Smith is going to start or Dwayne Haskins. So I think you're going to have to lean on the running game and the defense. Uh, so I like it to be under, even though it's 43 and a half, uh, they, they want to keep this one close So Washington, uh, cover and the under and the words of course. So not so fast, big Jim, <laughs> uh, you know, fun stat. I mean, I, 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 you, you already had your little magic show with Washington the other week, and, and kind of catched them on a game that they're, uh, they're they're not picked to win. And, and I'm not gonna lie to you; I think going out here, there's not gonna. I don't know what their their last couple are. I think it's probably some. One of them's against us. I'm pretty sure. I see your broken skull IPA on there. Tasty, pretty tasty, tasty. Um, but um, yeah, I don't see a lot of scenarios where Washington's favored to win <laughs> against any <laughs> team that's not the NFC East. Uh, so, so picking them to cover these games is, is kind of a fun bet and, and probably a fairly safe bet the way the defense are going. But it, it's just kind of funny if you look at the um, like the pad, like the leaders in each category. Uh, you know, Alex Smith, fourteen hundred yards, four touchdowns. Obviously, only played part of the season. Uh, Thirty six hundred, thirty six touchdowns uh, for uh, uh, for Russell Wilson. But uh, but you have a sputtering kind of a sputtering team here in Seattle. It's kind of an interesting play. I think if Seattle kept things moving the way it was moving early in the season, this spreads a lot more than five. Sure. Um, sure. Um, but uh, Seattle all of a sudden finds itself uh, a few steps behind another interesting candidate for coach of the year. If things play out would be a McVeigh. I, I, I don't necessarily like the guy. I think he, he, he thinks he's way better than he is. Um, but that Rams team is playing about as good a um, two sided football as, as any team in the NFC right now. Uh, so so kind of watch out for them and watch out for him. Um, but Metcalf and McLaurin about as close as it gets because. Uh, nobody on that Redskins team touches Carson's numbers, which is ironic because Carson only has 500 yards. Uh, McKissick, 300. So it's just kind of this <laughs> balance. Uh, it's hard to tell if uh, Gibson's going to play. It looks like he probably is. Um, but when you look at it on paper, there's no reason why the Seahawks shouldn't cover. And I'm going to go with them. One, because my Eagles need Washington to lose. Uh, but also because um, I think they kind of write the ship. I, I feel like the the early the – early you know, kind of stall from the Seattle defense, you know, with uh, with them getting their safety back. And, um, you know, I feel like the run defense has looked better. Uh, and it's been a couple times where it's been the defense keeping them games when the offense was slipping. Um, I think the real battle of this game is going to be Seattle's offense versus Washington's defense. Uh, and in a game that both teams kind of need to win, um, I'm going to trust Russell Wilson here to kind of fi- shake off some of the cobwebs or the rust or whatever's going on in there. Uh, he's going to find more people than just uh, DK Metcalf. Look for Lockett to have a pretty good game. Um, and if there's one quarterback, because Washington's strength is 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 coverage through uh, pass rush. Uh, that that front front seven of, of Washington's about as good as anybody in the NFC. Um, but if there's one guy I trust to kind of step and sneak his way through it, it's Russell. Uh, so I, I think Russell finds their weakness, and and, I, and I'm not sure this one finishes uh, super close. So I'll take Seattle to cover. 
Um, give me the over. All right. Then we go to uh, Sunday, 1 o'clock on CBS. You have the 6-7 and seven New England Patriots uh, taking on the 8-5 and five, uh, Miami Dolphins, a 2.5-point home favorite. 41.5 is your number uh, on this one. <clears throat> you know, I uh, I fell into the New England trap uh, a couple weeks ago when they had the big win. I think it was against uh, Cleveland uh, or whoever it was. They had, the, they had that huge win, and I kind of bought the hype. I thought, all right, Belichick's got that team going. Cam Newton looks like <laughs> Cam Newton again. I bought into him. I picked him last week, and um, and it, uh, it kind of bit me in the ass. Uh, Miami's playing well. That, the defense and special team is really clicking. And Tua's starting to look like he's settling in. Don't get me started on the Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let that one go. But I think Tua's settling in uh, to that quarterback position a little bit. And uh, so I like Miami to cover. They're going to win this game. Uh, I'm going to take the over. And, Sean, you can go ahead. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Yeah, to kind of catch the listeners up in my fantasy uh, playoffs in my own league, uh, I played against uh, a friend of mine uh, named Laser, uh, who, um, big Dolphins fan, decided, you know what, I don't care if they're playing Kansas City. I'm going to start every single Dolphin. Everyone from their defense and their kicker, a tight end, a wide receiver, a running back. It was seven Dolphins on his team. And I'm looking at the projected points like I've got this thing. like, And, of course, Tua explodes. He started Tua over um, – Hill in uh you got Taysom Hill against the Eagles who for all intents and purposes uh you know despite the fact the defense has played well if you'd asked me to pick Tua or Taysom Hill I was not going to pick Tua uh in those games uh but he made the right plays uh everyone on the Dolphins scored Gasicki lit me up before exiting the game with whatever injury yeah it does suck (laughs) garbage run this league for close to two decades still no still no titles uh still no no yeah and and and, and uh, my wife lost i didn't make the playoffs another year that the justice league goes without a, a niece as a champion this is getting absurd Ridiculous. It's, getting, it's getting absurd sean now despite my anger Ridiculous. for the uh, miami dolphins i will tell you this even when the dolphins were terrible dolphins i don't care who their quarterback was was it a sputtering Tannehill? i don't care how bad the uh, coaching staff was the Dolphins always find a way to split with the Patriots, and I refuse to think that that's going to ha- change <laughs> just because they have a better record than the Patriots. They already lost to the Patriots early in the year before things got rolling, uh, and I think Dolphins fans love to beat the Patriots. Dolphins win, Dolphins cover, uh, and I will also take the over in this because I think somehow points get scored. And um, make it a double lock. I'm going to make this my lock of the week. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. The old double lock. I didn't check in to to how we fared on that last. His fantasy team in the playoffs. Yes. (laughs) Uh, It's funny. I, 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 in my, in my league, um, I'm going against a guy who has Christian McCaffrey. I have Christian McCaffrey in another league that I'm in the playoffs. However, uh, I just saw today Christian McCaffrey probably not playing this weekend for the Panthers. But I have had McCaffrey's backup all year. The guy I'm playing in my league does not. So uh, I'm totally okay with the uh, the development in Carolina. <laughs> um, all right. Then we, uh, then we go to Sunday, 425 on CBS. It is your defending Super Bowl champion, your NFC West champion, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, 12-1. They're a three-and-a-half point 
uh, road favorite at uh, ten and three, New Orleans. Fifty-one and a half is your number here. Um, the Saints just lost to the Eagles. <laughs> how am I? How am I? But like, is I, I saw. I think Drew Brees may be practicing. Uh, I don't think he's going to play this week. I don't think he's expected to play this week. But seriously, how am I supposed to even humor the idea of picking the New Orleans Saints to beat the Kansas City Chiefs when they just lost to a team in the NFC East? It's the Chiefs. It's the, it's the Chiefs plus. Um, I'm going to go under because Taysom, if Taysom Hill, and, and I'm going on the idea that he's playing, Taysom Hill is a terrible quarterback. Good running back, terrible quarterback. Um, they're not going to score enough points. Give me the Chiefs plus in the under. Yeah, this this one, uh, right up until I started talking about the Dolphins, uh, was going to be my lock of the week. Uh, but it, um, I mean, you're the guy I feel for in New Orleans more than anybody else right now is Jameis Winston. Because to me, the reason he was – now part of it is you want to see what you have in Taysom Hill. I get that. One of the like risks, obviously, is like, do I really throw a guy in there that everybody knows turns the ball over, and then he does turn the ball over, and I look like, and I get the big I told you so. Well, now he went the other way, and Taysom Hill is currently on pace to break the record for fumbles in a season. Uh, also uh, was a saint, ironically. Um, True. Aaron Brooks. Aaron Brooks was the uh, former record uh, at 13 fumbles, I believe. Uh, Taysom Hill has 10 fumbles in 13 games. That is an unbelievable number uh, for anyone. I don't care what position you if, – if Ezekiel Elliott for Dallas. Let's just say Dak's in there. Cowboys are, you know, challenging or winning a bit. Ezekiel Elliott fumbles 10 times in 13 games. Which I think he's Tony done this Pollard, year. Tony Pollard saw in the next – would already have been starting. Probably, yeah. You know, and I understand that you know, you're like, well, we just got to win enough games and eventually Drew Brees will be back. You think, <laughs> like, right? You know, I mean, we're talking about broken ribs here, like like punctured lungs. Like, you maybe punctured back, lungs, broken ribs. Like, you know, you know he's old too. You know, it, it's it's. Um, but things are in disarray there now. One loss to the Eagles, which, by the way, you know, if things had gone the way people projected the Eagles to go, and like whatever, this would have been a very high profile game last week, the Eagles Saints. But it wasn't, uh, and and um, it kind of worked out. The Eagles defense. Um, the one thing the Eagles defense has done well all year, though, and one of the reasons I thought we might win that game is because it's hard to run on Philadelphia. And when you're running an offense led by a, well, a running back, uh, you know, you only have so many options. And um, I think the Eagles really, it really played to the Eagles' strengths and, and, and they found a way to win the game. Uh, but now all of a sudden you have Sean Payton quoted in the media as saying Jameis Winston could be the quarterback when Drew Brees retires. Uh, I, I don't think he's calling him this week. Um be something if he did, uh, but um, I would think about it, and I and I wow. and I think with a statement like that, it, it kind of points that you know Taysom may be on a shorter leash than we think. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to hear later in the week that uh, people saw Jameis taking some first team reps and things like that. So um, I think there's a, a, a better than small chance you see Jameis this weekend, and because of all this disarray, and the... now if Drew Brees is healthy and comes back and plays, my pick changes quite a bit. Uh, but uh, for now, I'm rolling. I'm rolling with you. Kansas City, Andy Reid smells the one seed. He sees Pittsburgh slide, and he's got a chance to possibly go up by two games here on the AFC, uh, maybe maybe secure a coach of the year. Uh, but, um, yeah, give me, the, give me the chance to roll 
Uh, and um, I'll take the under with you. I, I'm not liking a lot of what I see here uh, in the offense. If it goes over, it's going to be all Chiefs. Sure, absolutely. And, I mean, the Chiefs may score, you know, 35, 40 points, but I'm not confident that the Saints can score 10 or 12 to, to push it to the over. So um, yeah, I'm, not, uh, I'm not loving anything. Although Kamara did do just enough to uh, beat me in fantasy. He was one of the non-Dolphins. <laughs> uh, as then, was Miles Sanders. As was. Then we can go to, uh, well, if you didn't need any more proof that this year is uh, goofy as hell, uh, a game that was originally in the 1 o'clock block, uh, but the Cleveland Browns at the New York Giants uh, madness. flexes into the Sunday night spot that was the Dallas Cowboys in the San Francisco. If you're around my age, mid-30s, <laughs> mid four, you know, if you're if you're between like 33 and 50, <laughs> if you would say if you would have heard that the, the the Browns and the Giants was going to flex out the Cowboys and the 49ers, you would have thought somebody was drunk. But I'm going to tell you the matchup and you tell me I'm going to tell you this matchup's going to be in prime time. You tell me what year it is. <laughs> yeah, right. If if I say if I say uh, Niners Cowboys in prime time, what every, year is it? Every year, <laughs> every year. I guess nineteen ninety four. Yeah, but I mean, if I told you the prime time game was Browns Giants. I'd be like, I didn't know they had lights on the stadium. I was, yeah, I was gonna say, like, are we in Alice in Wonderland world? Or we, what, 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 what are we talking here? Quarterback would have been Y.A. Tittle. It would have been, been QB Browns versus Jeff Hostetler. <laughs> would have been like Browns. Well, the Browns weren't even good. Who is it? Bernie Kosar? They were like, that de- maybe then decent enough, but I, I don't, at no point, I, I don't at think no they point, had, I don't think the 1950s had lights on the stadium, so I don't think they could have played <laughs> in prime time. But this feels like Pat Summerall kicking field goals against way out of line, this, way out of line against Jim Brown and the Browns. <laughs> like the Browns flexed out the Cowboys. James, your primetime QB matchup is Baker Mayfield versus Daniel Jones. <laughs> like, it's, it, I mean, 2020, Nick man. Chubb versus Wayne Gallman. <laughs> Thing sucks. Rashard Higgins versus Darius Slate. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I mean, one, I mean, Daniel Jones, they're talking, he might not even play it. It could be Baker Mayfield versus Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. Woo! I, I mean, Go Big Twelve. Like, like what the Texas, f- Oklahoma, Red River Shootout. Like what? Like, Woo! like what the? F- like what the fuck? Go Longhorns. Anyway, anyway, it is the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I guess that's our matchup. We got to pick this thing. The uh, the nine and four. Brown. Find anything else? The nine. Well, I mean, it's it's a team that's still in the hunt for first. Two teams that are still in the hunt for first place in their divisions. Th- those matchups are hard to find, Sean. At this point of the year. Jesus H. Christ. Uh, right, go ahead. The nine and four Browns, three and a half point road favorite at the five, three and a half points at the five and eight Giants. By the way, uh, you're over under forty five again, eight twenty on NBC. Even Vegas doesn't trust Baker Mayfield. Nobody, nobody should. I mean, I mean, last night's game was fun as hell to watch. So maybe we'll, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, Daniel Jones slash Colt McCoy is going to be as exciting as uh, Lamar Jackson, who still is a terrible quarterback. By the way. Um, but the guy can run the ball really well. Although he, he did look great when he came out of the locker room. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm going to go the Browns to cover. I think the Giants are just the the Giants stink. Uh, especially if Colt McCoy is your quarterback. Um, the Browns know they got to keep pace. 
uh, with the Steelers. Um, I'm going to go the over. Just I don't know. I, I mean, both defenses are decent, but uh, I feel like the I feel like we're we're just going to have some sort of offensive explosion here. Uh, on a Sunday night, similar to what we saw last night with uh, the Browns and the Ravens. So I'm going to go Browns plus in the over. I I don't even know what to talk about here. <laughs> I could talk about Miles Garrett, I guess. Uh, by the way, Miles Garrett, I, I read an article that with his contributions to, to various charities and helping out with Black Lives Matter, Miles Garrett is one of your odds-on Vegas favorites to win uh, NFL's Man of the Year. Okay. One year removed from smashing a helmet, from, from using his helmet as a weapon, but you know it's. And and again, uh, there's also talk as of like. I mean, Happy Gilmore like, once tried to take a skate off and stab a guy, so he's still the only guy to ever do that. Um, but yeah, uh, he's also uh, well preseason. He was one of the favorites for NFL Comeback Player of the Year just because of some of the like slides because of that uh, kind of personality wise and uh, image wise. I don't think he's got a chance now with Alex Smith. But let's get into the picks. Uh, once again, we're picking a game where I need one I team to lose, so, and I think you're setting me up. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's just pick all the NFC East games so we know what Sean's picking, and I can just pick the opposite. I didn't pick um, the Eagles this week. Yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, doesn't matter. Neither did I. <laughs> uh, uh, I think. I think. Just off off the off the card here. Uh, I think the uh, the Eagles in Arizona is not a bad pick. I, I think Kyler Murray's still hurt. That, that was a game uh, I was I, – I, I will be honest. I was looking at it, but I think I've had the Eagles – I think Eagles... Kyler Murray's still hurt. A few weeks ago, I, li- I really like the Cardinals' chances to win that West. I think it's the Rams' division to lose right now. But um, but I, I like the Eagles with a chance to win there and then come back into a game in the NFC East and a, you know hopefully with the right losses a chance to – to kind of finish on top with that tie. Yeah, I just I think but, I had the Eagles on the on the the pickums the last few weeks. That's why I held them out this week. Yeah, but uh but in this one I can't I can't pick the Giants. I just I, I can't do it. I mean, I, a good part of me says they're going to do it. Um primarily because I don't trust Baker Mayfield, but if there's one thing I trust less than Baker Mayfield, it's the New York Giants defense <laughs> as a whole, which has actually played fairly well this year. I started them in fantasy twice, won both times. Uh, but um, but it's kind of a spot start. The the thing the Browns have going for him now is Chubb is healthy, Chubb is running, and Chubb is scoring touchdowns. Sure is. Uh, and I think Chubb may outscore the New York Giants in this one. I'm going to take the under, uh, and I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns. All right. So those are our uh, our four picks in the NFL this week, Sean. Uh, before we close this thing out, uh, I think we need to lean to our uh, fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week. I, th- I think there was – uh, some strong candidates again this week, uh, has there been the case. So let's uh, let's go let's go to that. All right, as we move into fantasy irrelevance, uh, much like my fantasy football team, uh, moving into fantasy irrelevance once again. Uh, any of these guys could start for me. Uh, like to begin with, we almost had an automatic lock twice. All of the guys who were hoping to be fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week held their breath. When Trace McSorley took over for <laughs> Lamar Jackson and when Geno Smith took over a late game for Seattle, I was like, here it comes. I don't care here who it gets is. the ball. If he throws a touchdown, it's not even close. And he couldn't do it, just like he couldn't against his former team. He couldn't find the end zone. Right, against the worst team in football. He He's couldn't a do it. Jet. He doesn't even know there's end zones on the field. Anyway, <laughs> um, all right, before we get to honorable mention, I'd like to point out we <laughs> – yeah. 
Anyway, uh, we did have a Kyle Juszczyk sighting again in in, uh, San Francisco, as well as an A.J. Green sighting in Cincinnati. None of them made the list. Let's get the list started. Honorable mention this week from your New York Giants. We had a Deion Lewis one-yard run. If you had Deion Lewis on your fantasy team, God bless you. You had a total of six points. Uh, Moving into the official list. Yeah, who is he? Where'd he come from? (laughs) What does he want from us? Uh, Third place comes from the Mile High City. We had Drew Locke. If you started him, God bless you. Uh, You were in way more pain than I was. (laughs) Uh, Through to backup tight end Nick Vanette. Yeah, you know about as much as I do. Nick Vanette, I... Uh, yeah, I had a weird illness from Noah Fant, who, by the way, was my starting tight end uh, with Noah Fant, left in Oof. the first with an illness. Uh, anyway, uh, second, another quarterback that you may have started if you were a desperate son of a bitch, Derek Carr, but he threw a 47-yard strike to Foster Moreau. Who the hell is this? <laughs> Yeah, his own mother didn't start him on her fantasy <laughs> team. Had him, had him stored on the bench, though, just in case. Uh, and your, <laughs> your number one comes from the city of brotherly love and my Philadelphia Eagles. I think a lot of people rostered Jalen Hurts. Few started him. With a strike early in the game, Alshon Jeffrey on the board <laughs> for your fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week. I didn't see it coming. Luckily, he saw it coming, got a six points on the board. Uh, congratulations, Alshon Jeffrey. You are back from irrelevance to a whole different type of irrelevance. Fantasy irrelevance. I have no Touchdown idea who that is. Of the week. <laughs> All right. So that uh, Alshon Jeffrey is your fantasy. Yeah. If you started Drew Locke in a fantasy playoff, um <laughs> How how are you in a fantasy? The only people that were affected by any of those how, touchdowns were playing in the consolation. I'll say, how were you in a fantasy playoff if you had Drew Locke? Yeah, I don't are know. You in, are you in are you in like a thirty are you in a thirty two team league with two quarterbacks? Like what I mean, I what's the what scenario are you in? Are you in like you're in like a you're, are you in like a, a fourteen team league and everybody hoards two or three quarterbacks? Like I've been there. Uh, yeah, I've been there too. I have been there too, Sean. Um, but, uh, that is going to, uh, to wrap it up for us this week. Sean, let, uh, let people know where they can, uh, follow you and, you know, maybe, maybe on, on some Sundays, let let people know where they can, uh, get some early favorites for the, uh, fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week. Yeah. I've been a little off on the, uh, the tweeting, uh, early on, uh, for that, but, um, catch me at Sean shine state. It's S H A W N Sean shine state, uh, being here in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, quick shout out to the 76ers who in early NBA preseason action. I was watching a little bit of that earlier. Yeah. 108 to 99, your final score, Philadelphia 76ers on the board. My Sixers. Uh, James Harden come to town. Why not? Can't get any worse as far as chemistry goes. Uh, but anyway, enjoy some uh, big championship weekend this week. Go birds! Try to try to shake something up late. Uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Sean, what's what's the weather like in Tampa? I just I just I kind of want to know. Tampa, it's cool. Uh, it's it's not as cold as it has been. Uh, I think tonight it's down into the fifties. But uh, it's been a smooth, sunny seventy degrees here this week. Oh, minus one day of the rain. God damn it! Yeah, we're yeah, not uh, too shabby. 
We're Enjoy staring, your blizzard. Yeah, I say we're staring down the barrel of like a, a, at least. Send me pictures. People here won't believe me. At least, uh, you know, ten inches, twelve inches, maybe eighteen, maybe twenty-four, depending how the, you know, how the system shifts. Uh, hopefully, it shifts and we get like four inches. Well, send me pictures of your two feet of snow. I'll send you pictures of my two feet of sunshine. Uh, I will. I will most certainly do that, Sean. We will. Uh, we will talk to you next week and make sure you follow me. Uh, we are at, I am at Big Jim Sports. You can uh, follow the show at Huddle Up Podcast on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Instagram is at Huddle Up Pod. But make sure you are following along with our home network, NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. Uh, uh, subscribe to the show on all podcast platforms uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as Amazon Music. Um, give us a rate and review on Apple. Uh, until next week, though, stay safe, stay smart, go for the win. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order?